At the end of the day, we're all prima donnas, cyclists, and I can imagine you alluded to it a little bit there when you said you first, the first year you were like, you know, everyone opened their bag up and everyone was happy till they put the kit on. Is it difficult still to this day to actually please cyclists? Because at the end of the day, it's very, very difficult to make it right for an individual person. I want the sleeves this long. He wants them that short. The skin suit doesn't fit me here. What is it actually like working with pro teams? Is it, and like I can imagine sometimes you just feel like, I'm just going to throw my hands up. I can't be bothered. But at the end of the day, like you've said a few times here, it is the pinnacle and that's what you want to be involved with. Mm. We are road cycling. So you have to juggle it. And does it ever just get too much? It doesn't for me. I mean, I have to have to admit that I don't get involved in the detail fitting or any of the administration around the team anymore and was always somewhat away from that. So, you know, I, I probably didn't see all the pain. But we have, we have an expression in Rafa, which I'm sure lots of people do in companies, which is, you know, good enough isn't. Yeah, you know, I mm. can't bear the idea. Oh, yeah, that's good enough. Let it go out the door. You know, this, this, is, this mm. is our passion. This is a thing that matters more to me than almost anything apart from my family. It's, you know, it's the greatest sport in the world. We're right in there. These are the greatest athletes in the world. Of course, good enough isn't enough. You know, it's got to be right. It's got to be perfect. So, and I think the team at Rafa all subscribe to that view. And I'm sure there are moments where they have to bite their lips and, and go home and punch the wall or whatever. But hopefully they never show it because they, they do get it. They understand that this is the pinnacle. This is, this is as good as it can be. And everything has to be spot on. That was Simon Mottram from Rafa, CEO of Rafa. That episode's over on the Cycling Podcast. If you haven't heard that already, cracking episode. This is Talking Luft. I'm Mitch Stocker. Welcome. I don't have Simon Mottram this week, but I've got something better or just as good, whatever, however you want to say it. I've got ex-teammate, Ineos Director Sportif, Australian lead-out legend, Brett Lancaster. So I sat down with him this week. He lives around the corner from me. I've been wanting to get him on the pod for a long time. He was on the podcast when I spoke to him last year about the Giro d'Italia team's time trial win, and it was great to sit back with him on a beautiful summer's afternoon and record this talking lift with him. So, guys, I hope you enjoy this one. All right, here we are. I'm sitting down with Brett Lancaster, Good friend of mine, ex-teammate, Bert, welcome. Thanks, Mitch. Good to be on. He's actually um, Team Ineos Director Sportif, but ex-pro cyclist, rode on Panaria, Milram, Cervelo, Garmin, Mitchelton, well, it was probably called Orica, Green Edge, whatever you want to call it. Finished his career there, 15-year career, and now we're talking loft. It's actually my first ever sit-down podcast with anyone, Mitch. So, And we're sitting down at your place enjoying a cold one. That's the way podcasts should be done, in person. <laughs> 30, what, four degrees outside, so it's good weather for it. We're allowed to have a cold beer. Right, let's start. Brett, caskets, capolinos, as you probably like to call them. 
cycling caps. How do you wear yours? Do you wear it forwards with the brim down? Do you wear it with the brim up, backwards? What was your style back in the day? Well, I did a tour of Malaysia or Langkawi at the start where we actually could race without it. Oh, yeah. here we go, yeah. So... Taffy, I liked his style with a cut out of the top. Did you cut it? Cut the top and, yeah, flip her up at the front, mate. <laughs> yeah, or down, just up and down during the race. Lovely. Well, that's, that's my next question. How would you have raced back in the day without a helmet? So you would have raced Taffy style? Yeah, I did. That, you know, he was a big fella. You know, obviously, Mappe and all cool back then, and I was a new guy with Panaria and thought, yeah, he's pretty cool. I'm, I'm going for that, that look. So I look, and I didn't, you know, I'd go put the helmet on for the sprint stages, but it was a bit because I always wore a helmet. But yeah, did the old no helmet a few times, little sneaky times, and got away with it. Cut out cap. What did the other Italians on your team think of you impersonating Taffy? You had already caught on then. Yeah, it was caught on. Everyone was, was doing on. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, not everyone. Yeah, well, even when I used to train in Italy without a without a helmet, probably too much, silly mm. idiot. But yeah, cut the top out, you know, tip the blonde tips out the top. Lovely. Perfect. I like it. <laughs> All right. What was your all-time favourite kit and team? It can be different. You could just say, you know what? I really love the full team in terms of the riders, the way they raced, but I hated their kit, but I love that kit. Or you could be a combination. You could go, I love the kit and I love the team. Like you could go, I love the Map 8 team, Taffy, Museo, and I love the kit. Might be stealing your answer, but... What is your all-time favourite kit and team? Mitch, good question. Gatorade. Gatorade, Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, right. Actually, one of the first cycling jerseys I had was a Gatorade jersey. Wow, so Stanger was... used to run that and he ran Milram like when right. I was there as the boss. So even the Milram kit was pretty cool. Milram so... kit, original <laughs> Milram kit before it went all cow. So if you look back in the years, the, what kit that company, I can't remember the name of... Uh, who owned it back then? They did GB as well. Oh, did they? Yeah. They do GB. Yeah, with, I'm pretty sure. With, um, I'm pretty Chippo sure. was on I GB, wasn't he? I might be wrong, but anyway, yeah, the, I really liked the um, the Gatorade kit. I thought it was awesome. What about best team then? Was the Gatorade's outfit? Did you like that team? It was okay. No, I mean, it was probably a bit. Um, I was a bit young to be to know then about that team mm. and cycling. It just I liked that jersey because who was racing in it, but. Yeah, it's got to be Mappo, you know. Mm. Everyone must say that on the pod, but... Uh, yeah. 65 riders they had. Yeah. <laughs> Scotty McGorry. Yeah. Like, mm. name them all. See how many you can name. Bloody Kenchalara. Bernie Eisel, mate. Rogers. Rogers. Rog, you name them, yeah. Who else was on no, there? Alan Davis. Scotty was on there, wasn't he? Scotty, da who? Oh, sorry, um, Alan. Yeah. Alan Davis yeah. was on there. Who else was on there that I don't know of? Mate. You've got me on the spot here, but yeah, we've already said that, you know. You mean Aussie riders as well? Or Just ones that we might have forgotten about. I'd have to pull up the old... Oh, I thought you, you might have on the spot here. Cadell? Yeah. There's a lot out oh, there. Oh, Lan Frankie. You know, I was teammates with him. He went from there to Panaria. There you go. Yeah, he used to run the old cutout hat as well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know um, Taffy used to eventually get the caps made without the top in it? No. Yeah. Really? Yep. So I saw that on the on the doc, on a documentary. There you go. Yeah. Didn't know that. All right. Favorite race, all time race. Oof. Giro. Yeah. Nice. Just Giro. I rode nine Giros and had a love hate relationship with it, but uh, definitely Giro. Nice. Why? Like I just said, it was the elements. You know, you, you could be down south in forty degree heat, Reggio Calabria or, or Sicily down there. 
Or, you know, be in the Alps, the Dolomites, freezing your tits off and, you know. The passion, snowing, you know, the crowd. The crowd, you know, the food, yeah. these hotels. And uh, I could speak the language, I can speak Italian, so it made it Better. a little bit nicer, you know, yeah. to, to know really what's going on, the culture. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, I've ridden, rode quite a few tours but, and loved them. The, the Giro, for sure. Yeah. Crosswinds or mountains? Crosswinds. <laughs> Training or racing? <laughs> training. <laughs> when you're training, are you a coffee sop guy or not? No, in the middle, if I can answer that way. It depends what I had on, you know. If I was a come from the track program. If I had efforts, I never stopped. Mm. I loved the park up as well in the recovery day. Mm. What about when you did stop? What did you get? Like here in Spain, what would you what would you get when you stopped? Did you get like a bock? Do you were you a sweet man? Did you get a croissant, chocolate croissant, and a coffee, or a sparkling water and a bocadillo? Uh, yeah, I think my best memories are in Italy, up in the mountains. Oh, we yeah. in Tuscany. The stops up there, yeah, definitely a panino or oh, yeah. bocadillo or sandwich. What would you get on the panino? Uh, sweet ham. Oh yeah, and just a bit of cheese and tomato, grilled, and then. And then Oh, it depends if it's hot or cold, Mitch. Yeah. You know, obviously if it's hot, no. And a Coke, just a straight-out Coke and a, a litre of water and refill your bottles and off you go, isn't it? Would you pop in the Cappuccino King? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen your photo in there. I've seen your photo of the Ch Cappuccino King. I've been there. I've been through his albums. Yeah, actually, we lived 600 metres away when we lived <laughs> in uh, Monsumano. And knew him quite well. And I still go back to this day and his daughter um, has a tear in the eye when she sees me. Oh. You know, just And and her, her husband, you know, that's still working the bar now. So uh, he was a pretty special place, as you, as you know. Yeah. You've seen yourself. I went there off your recommendation. Very good. Very sweet. Yes. What coffee do you drink? What's your coffee routine? Do you start the day with a cappuccino, move to espresso? What are you? What's your coffee routine? Americano in the morning. Two, All day? Two, and that's it. And then in the afternoon, I have the espresso if I need it. What do you do? Make a with a French press, America, Americano in the morning, or you do espresso Americano? Automatic machine, mate. Just grinds the beans and does it on its own, mainly because of three kids and... It suits my wife that wakes up and has to go to work. And, uh, you know, when I'm not here away, she just wants to turn it on. She doesn't want to wait for 15 minutes. Yep. And then she wants to push the button, done. have a coffee and be done. Perfect. <clears throat> What's your poison? What's your favourite drink out there? Are you a beer man? Are you a coffee man? A wine man? Hmm. Um, if you had to choose one drink, what's yeah. your poison? It's changed over the years, you know. I think I do love wine. But I get a bit of acid reflux from it. So just a couple of beers, Mitch. Mm. Can't beat it. Especially living in a climate like this in Spain. Um, as you know, and being from Shepparton originally, just grew up with a... VB? Oh, yeah, of course, mate. <laughs> is that is that your number one beer, you reckon? No, no. What is it? I really enjoy some of these Spanish beers, to be fair. Just your plain Australia or, you know, if you want to have the green grenade, they're, they're good. That's a Voldam he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Only a couple. Yeah. Um, what about a Green Beret? Yeah, or a... Uh, Palumbra. Yeah, they're good. Good, good beer. Or Moritz. Red Army. Yeah, they're all just, you know... Yellow Army. You know how cheap it is here yeah. to buy a beer. Oh, that's ridiculous.
bought a case of uh, Chebecca's the other day. Did not, you? Nine euro. Is that the workman's beer. Yeah, forty cents a can. <laughs> Beautiful. Is that your VV of Spain? <laughs> That's the VV of Spain. It's just like you've been working in the garden all day, and you're like, it's time for a cold Chebecca. <laughs> all right, train with a group or train alone? Back alone. in the day, alone. Yeah. Favourite training loop of all time? And I want you to explain the loop because people out there are going to know where you're talking about. Someone out there will know, wow, yeah, I know that loop. Wow. That's a hard question. I've trained in a lot of beautiful places around the world. Um, so, <coughs> what is it? Ship I, over Tammany Gap? Oh, shit, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, we did, used to drive the car over to Euroa. Yeah, you right. Know, the 30K, and there were some beautiful loops up there, don't get me wrong, but... Um, so, if you ever do a potty with Richie Port, we got this loop. We call it the form finder. It's around seven hours with, you know, 5,000, 6,000 metres of climbing. Jesus. It goes around starting off from Pistoia or where we were in Montecatini. I forget the name of the climbs, but you end up going Abitoni from the back end and a lot of accumulated metres and it's just an absolutely gorgeous loop. Mm. I, I still think to this day that that is, that's, yeah. One loop. Just set out and just go right around the loop, was yeah. it? No alterations, nothing? No, and we had the same place where we stopped to get the coffee and yeah. or Coke halfway, a um, little bite to eat and crack on, you know. And you had How'd all you these, go with all these beautiful fountains, water fountains, you know, as you know, along the way. So you only stopped me at one shop and the rest of the time just filling up your biddens in the, on the, on the fresh water fountains. How'd you go training around that loop with Richie back in the day? Do you have one over him? Before Believe he, it or not, I... Yeah. Used to climb okay. Yeah, I reckon. So I was in my mill round days, and uh, Richie, yeah, we we looked after him. You know, he was yeah. in an Italian team and took him under our wing. And Ali come around, and he was, you know, coming to our place and cooking him home cooked meals. He was missing Australia a little bit at that time, which you could understand being a young mm. bloke in a shitty Italian team. And used to train a lot with Richie. But I, the thing was, he used to be so polite. He never passed me. <laughs> of course he could. Now, I knew he had the engine. I could see it, but I was the pro. He was amateur. You know, he looked up to me and he would never come past me. Good. Yeah. I like it. All right. Best bike. What's been your favourite bike over all the years? What's that bike that you love? It was in uh, Cervelo Test Team. We did a lot mm. of, you know... A lot of well testing, and we were the first team to use deep dish rims in Roubaix, yep. etc., uh, with 303s. I remember those zips, they were awesome, a bit yeah. fatter too, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, and they really you felt on the cobbles good, but you notice the difference on the sections in between. You were aero, you were flying, you know? yeah. Um, anyway, that and the S3 or S, S5, the Mm. At that time... They were revolutionary, we, yeah. Yeah, and we were wearing the San Remo suit, so mm. the skin suit, with the pockets in the back. Um, so that team was very innovative. and That was the first speed suit, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? Really, yeah. yeah there was probably a couple around, but no one was really doing the speed suits then. No. I mean, you know, you like, so I think, Greg Henderson, a couple of guys were using skin suits quite early, or track guys, you know? Yeah, and putting pockets on pockets. them and self. This was like a jersey, as you know, like a jersey in the top that sort of flipped open as well. Yeah. San Remo suit. So that was definitely the most innovative piece back then, for sure. Mm. And, of course, the Gabba jacket, wasn't it? You know, which everyone, everyone refers copies to, now yeah. or just calls it a Gabba, don't they? Even they it's do. not a Gabba. That's just the name of it. Yeah, exactly. All right. War story. Now... 
you're going to have one of these. We've all got these. I was going to call it maybe the Groupetto story, but not everyone gets to go in Groupetto. You and I definitely know that. But that's typically where that story comes from. It's like a hard day in the Giro or one of those days in the classics where you just go, oh, yeah, I remember that day. I think, What's yours? I forget what year it was. Jeez. Oh, there's so many of them, like I said, and it would have been the Giro for sure. Yeah, so I thought so. Just epic, epic stuff happens on the Giro. We're in our third day, and we've done accumulated, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand meters in three days, whatever it was, you know, a lot. And I'd got bronchitis on the the second uh, mountain stage. We stayed at altitude in Lavinia that night. We <laughs> we had to like. Go up a climb out of there, whatever it was. And what, just, up to Bernina Pass Way or did you go to Bormio uh, Way? But anyway, it got snowed out. Oh, thank it was God. It a tough stage yeah. after. I just remember just wanting to die that day. Yeah. Um, out the back from kilometre zero and just suffering like a dog. But, yeah, that's why I can't really remember it because I try and erase those days. <laughs> but there's plenty others. There's nothing worse than being out the back on your own. No. It's just like, well, what's Raining, gonna, what, rain, What's going to happen here, you know? Yeah. Hopefully you got a good DS to look after you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your uh, – couple questions left. What's your cheat meal? What's that meal that – you might have it now. You go out and you do your 12K run or you do your big day on the bike and you go, you know what? I deserve that today. I'm, I'm going for it. What's the meal where you let the hair down? What's your go-to? Mm, good question. I mean – what is it, a big big barbie or is it a burger or is it, I don't know. Yeah, what is... it'd, it'd be a burger, I think. Yeah? Or a little bit of cheeky Mexican just cook Ooh. up. Yeah. yeah, just a bit of pulled pork or something. Yeah, you're a savoury man. Yeah. Not going to like oh, yeah. a tub of ice I cream or something. Don't touch sugars at all. Yeah. No, I hate it. Yep. So definitely a savoury man. Last question, and you can still relate to this. What's the best thing about riding a bike? Oh, the best thing, it's, I find, just the endorphins you get from it. Whether it be the speed on the descent, just that feeling of being a little bit crazy and pushing a bit too much, or having a, just a sweat, just sweating all over your bike in the summer. Um, and just, be, I think, some people probably say, you know, being in a bunch of other people, and, but I find being alone on a bike mm. and doing a big epic eight-hour day I used to do in the last years of my career, probably overtrain, but just love going out Feeling free. Feeling free a lot. Especially, you know, young kids at home and, you you know, as you go right now yourself, Mitch, you, you, it's, it's busy, isn't it? You mm. know? And that's your time on the bike. It's your time. And, um, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't beat that in my eyes. Mate, awesome. Thanks for being on Talking Loft. Thanks for having me on, Mitch. Appreciate it. Let's crack into these beers. <sighs> Well, that's Talking Loft for another week. Like I said on the cycling podcast, we're going to have a little bit of a break while the Tour de France is on. There'll be another Talking Loft in a couple of weeks, and following that, will there be another episode back on the cycling podcast. So, guys, I want to say thanks to Lara, who's doing a lot of work behind the scenes, everyone who got a Doomline T-shirt and a cap. There's still a few caps on the website. If you still need to grab one of those yourself, Doomline have only got a little bit more time left it's a limited edition tea, so check that out as well if you're interested. And guys, I hope you're having a good time during the Tour de France. Kick back, watch some good racing. There'll be some talking loof coming up, like I said. And until next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.